Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazers Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm here with Dave Deckard. Uh, we are early today, Dave. We are like, this is like record early, so we might actually make sense. It's not late at night. How have you been? Making sense is overrated. I mean, it's summer. <laughs> it's basketball. Who wants to make sense? You got to make headlines, right? <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the story of my life. Half the time I don't make sense. So it's it's kind of just filling in the gaps and hoping you get, get the gist of it. <laughs> but you always make headlines. So, I mean, you're Dia. <laughs> No. Oh. Well, we've we're still kind of slow on the Blazers front. Um, you Love know, again, controversy though. I mean, there's there's stuff popping up. I mean, people are not being quiet in July, August here. About the Blazers? Well, I mean, yes, everybody else is being quiet about the Blazers, but the Blazers themselves have got some things, you know, stirring around them. So, still, I mean, look, normally we're inventing stuff about 40 years ago for this. I'm not saying we won't do that, but yeah, there's there's something every week that's popping up that's making you go, "Oh boy." Yeah, there's definitely things there's definitely things going on. Um we 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 keep having things to talk about, even if it's not a lot. So that is somewhat good. I mean, this year, it seems to be mostly good stuff. Um, there's, you know. <laughs> if each last year, If each last year, like, oh, God, is Dame leaving? I mean, oh, that's, remember, that's what took us through August last year. I mean, that was that was That huge. was like week after week after week after week. We were having the same conversation with a new quote, and it was exhausting. I, I just said that to, to Nets Daily, our SB Nation Nets site. It's like everybody else is going, oh, gosh, I wish there were some news. And Nets Daily is going, no, no, please let it stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that actually, they, I mean, obviously it was a little bit different because we didn't have Dame actually requesting a trade and all the drama, but, but it's the same we understand that feeling of having to to deal with a all the that <laughs> did you hear that durant didn't just request a trade he request requested that uh sean marks and uh steve nash be fired yeah so let's just jump into it because that's definitely on our list for today so if you have not been following the kevin durant drama um it is dramatic and so where <laughs> where we're at yes i mean you know it's it's three o'clock but it's still my brain where we're at is kevin (laughs) kevin Kevin durant has has kevin durant has requested a trade uh and and it was kind of a dramatic turn of events because there was a whole bunch of stuff around Kyrie. katie was quiet Kyrie was making some noise and then Kyrie decides to stay he can't get the deal he wants he signs his contract he decides to stay and then kevin durant's like hey i want out uh and asks for a trade we've been sitting on this for several weeks as you know the rumors have flown we've been part of those rumors at several points will kd come to portland can we get him and you know all those things you've been here for that if you've been listening to the podcast yeah answer so now no. 
I'll tell you though, when he showed up in Portland and was working out in the gym, we got those rumors he going was again. Golfing. I mean, come on. I, I don't know what that's. He had a basketball that. in his hand. That is not how you golf. Yeah, but he. he that was on Twitter. We just, you know, just okay. Yeah. Anyway. So Kevin Durant uh, has the the most recent news is he met with the team's GM and basically said, "Look, owner, it's owner. either his team. I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, his team's whoever. no, you're right. Joe so, Sy. Okay, yeah. the team's owner. He met with the team's owner and it was, look, you either keep me or the head coach and the GM. Uh, either they go or I go. We're not both staying here together. Basically, the the gist of it is that." He doesn't have faith in where the organization is heading right now. And uh, he either wants a massive change in leadership or he wants out. So that's where it sits right now with Kevin Durant. And the, and the speculation. I mean, because people immediately went, does he really mean that? Or is he just trying to be a thorn in their side so he will get traded? Like, it's, it's funny. It's one of those situations, and Dame was in it last year a little bit, where no matter what he said, it doesn't change it. It just turns the heat up on it, right? Everybody thinks what they're going to think and the, the boil just gets bigger. Uh, and it, I mean, it's just, I, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that Durant thinks that they're going to turn over the entire front office in order to keep him. But I think that's no lose there that if he gets his new front office that he wants, then he can maybe call the shots a little bit more and maybe that helps him stay. But I, you know, I think the other road also, well, okay, they're not going to keep him. Then they're actually going to move him and maybe they'll lower the asking price. So it's one of those things where either way, I think he gets some of what he wants. So there's a reasonable reason to do it. It's just, I'm, you know, thank God it's us and not, or them and not us this time. Yeah, I mean, if you're in this situation as the owner, in my opinion, there is no way if you are happy with the direction of, you know, if you're not already looking to to move the management, if you're not already looking to to get rid of the coach and the GM, there is no way you do this because what's to stop Kevin Durant from, you know, you you fire the coach, you fire the GM, you find someone new, and then next year Kevin Durant isn't happy and goes somewhere else, and now you also don't have your coach and your GM. That's just that's not. Not a reasonable ask, in my opinion. I don't think there's any way that they <laughs> that they do this. All I can think is like the you know the whole like not negotiating situation. Like we can't do this. We can't we can't give in to demands like this. Like this is that is an insane demand. Um, I mean, look, KD is KD and he is well within, you know, his rights, I guess, to ask for what he wants. There's no guarantee for that. They're ultimately going to make the decisions that they feel like are better, best for them. He's in a contract and and he'll have to deal with the fallout of, of making the demands that he is um, and what that looks like for him. But I, I would be absolutely blown away if they let go of the coach and the GM uh, and, and I don't think it would be the move. So look, the Nets trade for Durant in July of 2019, knowing he's injured, right? He plays no games in 2019, 20. They knew they were getting into that. He comes back and plays 35 games the next season and then 55 last season which means in three years since they've had him under contract, he's played a total of 90 games. 90. Okay, so it's like, that. that's that's like one season and a month 
like nobody plays 82 anymore, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Okay. How do you completely change your franchise? I know it's Kevin Durant. But again, as we keep saying, it's 34-year-old Kevin Durant. This is not 26-year-old Kevin Durant. How do you change your franchise for a guy you've had three years who's averaged 30 games a year? I don't think that's possible, as you say. I mean, it's just if they were on the verge, if they were on the verge of the finals or in the finals, and you know, he was, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I think I just think this is probably going to get him traded. I mean, that's that's probably yeah. the end game here. We live in a time of basketball where players control a lot of their destiny, as they should, in my opinion. But that being said, like there's also there's limits to that. And, you know, I mean, obviously we talk a lot about Dame because he's, he's ours, you know, he's on our team. Um, and so a lot of our comparisons and things like that go back to him. And and I would say if this situation, first of all, I don't think Dame would do this, but uh, especially not in this way, but if Dame is going to say, look, it's either me or the coach and the GM, you look at that because it's Damian Lillard and he's been here for his entire career. Um, you, you at, at least have a conversation about it, but you're right when it's Kevin Durant who has played for multiple teams and is a little unpredictable. Clearly you don't know where he's going to go. He's he's, this is in the midst of breaking a, a contract, you know, trying to get out of, of his current situation. You can't make long-term decisions around that because it's not going to be for a long-term outcome yeah well and it's interesting let's riff off of what you said there for a second i'm I'm trying to look it up i don't know who said it i apologize but this week there was an interesting article on whether this really was the player empowerment era and the argument was basically that it is the player empowerment era for about 12 players you know, if you're LeBron, if you're KD, if you're Dame, you can, you know, write your own ticket. You know you have that that authority and that ability. But for everyone else who's picking up the scraps, there's actually, I mean, those players are so dominant and absorb so much of everything, including attention, salary, wins at this point, you know, that kind of thing, that uh, if you're somebody else, you might actually not have that much power. I mean, you have to take what you're given, you have to sign with who's going to want you and who's going to want you is largely dependent on who that star player is. You know, like where you're going to fit is dependent on the number one guy on your team. And you're not even a consideration. I mean, and you that is, there's some truth to that. I mean, the Blazers have to ask who will fit around Lillard. They can't just kind of go out and get a mid-level priced forward who doesn't fit, right, Right. with Dame. So... uh, like that player empowerment thing is is really interesting and whether it's a superstar empowerment league now one could make the argument that okay that to michael jordan or even back to bird and, and magic but you know what the salaries were a lot more level at that point i mean even jordan he was making more than everybody else but it wasn't like you know he's making right. 60 million and someone else is making 12 right right uh so I don't know. I I think it kind of goes both ways, but uh, you you might, I think we might make the argument that there might be a little too much empowerment or entitlement for superstars at this point, and it would be better if some of that were smoothed out. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it depends on what angle you're going at it with. I think a lot of the reason that I consider this a time where the players are kind of empowered to control some of this is is largely because of the way media runs now. We've talked about this before, that, you know, it used to be that if the players wanted a storyline or a, a narrative out there, they would have to go through some sort of news outlet news, you know, the news on TV, a, a news station or a newspaper or a magazine article they would have to get it out there some other way whereas now they are in control of those narratives and things that surround them and to me i think of that a lot more um, i also think that that impacts where they end up because they can put that out there and they can say exactly what they want out there as far as what they're thinking or where they want to be or whatever they can put that out there um, i also think it's a lot easier for them to connect and and communicate with each other um, with you know other people in the league, with other people that work in the league, with a, there's so much more access to communication. You have so much more access to other athletes and people involved that I think that those conversations that used to have to go between agents or between whatever, I think those things happen a lot more freely now. And so to me, that's where I see that player empowerment coming in because they are in much more in control of their own narratives and their own, you know, decisions and things based on that. I agree with what you're saying and, and what that article essentially said. I, I think that, you know, the, we are living in a time where superstar, this is a superstar driven league. And in a lot of ways, it, you know, everything else is, is dependent on that. If you have a superstar on your team, your entire team roster is being built around that superstar. That's the priority. And if you don't have a superstar on your team, your entire roster is being moved around to try to get one. So it, it definitely feels like that is that that the superstars in the league are are absolutely having, you know, a lot of that power but see i would argue that kevin durant is one now you're right he's getting older and 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 nearing the end of his prime but he is still kevin durant and he's still one of the best players in the current nba so um it's definitely interesting it's an interesting it's interesting to talk about when it's not happening to the blazers right. <laughs> we can just talk about it as you know in theory or this is an interesting conversation and it's not in directly impacting us and we should say too if you're irreplaceable in any industry you're going to be able to write your own ticket the question would be not do you want to nerf durant's ability or reputation but is the game set up that the superstar is so irreplaceable that this happens i mean are there rule yeah. changes are there other things that uh might level that playing field a little bit anyway that's conversation for another day i'm sure yeah so we'll see you know as as the days come we'll see what happens with this situation i'm sure we'll be talking about it next week if if anything unfolds but we'll keep you all updated on on the kevin durant situation and you know if he golfs in portland again um <laughs> Okay, so another big headline uh, that's been kind of circulating that is Blazers-ish related. Uh, Damian Lillard hosted uh, his Formula Zero camp this last week. Um, so basically, it was an invitational. They invited 20 high school students and 20 college students to learn and compete. Um, it, it sounds like just really a cool thing they had obviously dame was there um anthony simons was there mccall bridges was there evan turner was there 
uh, David Vanderpool was there. It's just big names of people that were, you know, when there's only 40 students, essentially, uh, at this camp, they had a lot of opportunities. So really, really cool um, to see what he's doing uh, within the community and for the world of basketball. His comments uh, from his, I guess, press conference with the with the Formula Zero camp have been circulating the internet. He's been getting a lot of praise for those comments. Uh, I think we have it, Dave. Are you gonna? We don't normally do this on here, but there's a two minute clip that's been circulating of Dame talking. And uh, if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen it. But we felt like it was quality enough. Uh, and Dane says enough good stuff in it that we wanted to go ahead and just play it here on the podcast. So we're going to go ahead and roll that, Dave, and then we'll talk about it. All of these people hanging on to them and wanting this and kissing their ass and, you know, putting them in a position where they feel entitled and, you know, their mentality is messed up about what it's going to be and having to earn stuff and having to work and, you know, taking criticism and listening and being coachable and stuff like that. It puts them in a position to where those things, you know, it, it lets them down when they get in a professional environment and their talent can't get them through. You know, you got to be stable and strong mentally. You got to be sturdy. You know, you got to have something that you can stand on because it, it gets tough for all of us, not just young players, you know, even the best players. So um, I want to help these kids that, you know, a lot of them, you look, they ranked and they got all these followers on Instagram. But, like, I want to help them have the stuff that um, – it's not just a talent, you know, it's not given to them, you know, it's, I'm not the most talented, I'm 6'2", I don't jump out the gym, you know what I mean, it's, it's more talented, it's more gifted players out there, but, you know, I, it would be hard for y'all to find somebody that's sharper and more disciplined than me mentally, and somebody that's tougher and, you know, sharper and better and more compassionate than me in, in their heart, you know what I'm saying, so like, that's stuff that has been put into me for my whole life that, you know, people encourage. That's that's all a part of this camp that makes me different than a lot of my peers, in my opinion. So I feel like if I can share that, not just for me, but from the people that have actually done it for a lot of kids, not just me. I'm just I just happen to be the ultimate example. But these same people, you know, have done this with so many other kids that just went on to be good people you know and have good jobs and have a good life because they have those same you know values and those same principles so like if i can get all those people and myself to pass that along to these kids now while they you know 10th grade 11th grade 12th grade starting college and that give them a better chance going forward then you know why not do it yeah so Here's what I like about that, that so many of these conversations devolve into generational talk. Like this generation nowadays has it so easy. They're on social media. They're coddled. When we came up, we had it tough. Well, there are a couple things about that. First of all, Dame's not that far back, right? I mean, social media has been part and parcel of his career, so he knows a little better than that. But also... He did not do that, okay? Here's what he said, in my interpretation, a little bit. If you want to have the kind of values and practices that lead to success, they're not just going to come by osmosis, generationally, right? And um, 
they're not just going to sprout in many individuals. Instead, what you need to do is create a community, an environment, which values these things, which teaches and in some ways ritualizes these things. And when you do that, they are easier to perceive, to value, and to embody among the people who experience that community. And I think that is right on. Yeah, I mean, I will always appreciate people, especially in the position that Dame's in, where he has the ability to use his resources and use his connection and use his circle to benefit and empower younger people coming up. And I think specifically, I love that he's focusing on basketball players because that's where he's at. Uh, and I think that it's such a cool thing for him to kind of partner and and try to teach some of these lessons. He's right in that, like, you get these guys coming up um, in high school and college that are hot shots that build this following on social media that get verified that have, you know, especially now with college doing the name image likeness deals and things like that. They're already making money from their abilities and, and what they can do. And I think you, you go into a situation where you're being drafted potentially in the NBA uh, and, and, and that's what everything's riding on for you instead of building what he's talking about there and, and, and having that to fall back on, you know, and, and I also think that you've got players that are really, really, really good. And you've got players that are really, really, really hard workers and you've got players that are both. But I think that Dame has always been very clear about being somebody who works hard and, and is dedicated and disciplined and, and, you know, goes in and, and puts in the time and puts in the work and, and people who know him and work with him will back him up on saying that that is true. And so having someone like that come in and, and mentor and work with these kids, I think is really, I say kids, but they're basically adults. Um, but I, I think that that's such a, a cool thing that he's doing. Um, it's important and it's necessary and it's how our society should function. Our society should function in a way where the people who have gone before turn around and say to the people that are coming up behind them, look, this is what I learned. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm successful. Let me help you. Uh, and if we did a lot more of that, man, it would make a difference. Well, and also this is not just how I'm successful in my chosen field, but your field right. is part of a greater whole and right. by the way, every field is going to let you down. This happened, yep. we just talked about Ennis Cantor Freedom last year, not getting the phone call last week, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, someday that call is not going to come. Someday the, the media is going to, uh, you know, pan your work or criticize your work, and fans will too, instead of embracing you and celebrating you and throwing money at you. What yeah. happens then? What happens when your field deserts you? Well, it's what you what you've given to your field is also applicable to the rest of life, and you want to create a, a, a world around you, an environment around you that supports wonderful things. Uh, and, and the way in which you do that, your profession certainly uh, involves that and encompasses that. But your profession is not just that, nor is simply doing your profession well the sum total of life. And this is where, I mean, and I, by the way, what Dame is talking about is not new. If you watch like Who no. Dreams, the old documentary, and the number of agents and hangers-on that were around 
kids uh, back in the when Jordan was actually playing, right? Dennis Rodman and Isaiah Thomas, okay? And by the way, it predated them too. Uh, so yeah. it's not new that they would receive that attention or be insulated, but the acceptance and the perception of it is unique, I think, in the social media era. And so having someone high profile like Dame offer an alternative is also uh, a necessary and a good thing. Yeah, it's and it's his comments have been I think you you said that really well. This is not a new concept and it's not something that's not being done by anyone else. I think that Dame talked about it in a way that was very um, well said and his comments are receiving a, a lot of attention. Um, the University of Kentucky coach retweeted his his this clip and said, I shared this with our team today because this is exactly what we want our culture to be, including having a kind heart. Everything that Damian Lillard says is who we strive to be. We will not tolerate elitism or thinking you're better than others because you're at UK. Um, and I think that that, that just that mentality of working hard and being a good human being um, is something that, you know, we've been seeing in Dame. And I think that that's not, I think that that's something that's that's valuable, and uh, I think that you get some of that within the NBA, but you also have people who work hard and are good basketball players, and that's where it ends. So I think it's 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 good to see this. It's good to see you know the conversation happening around it, and I think it's always good to to encourage you know the generation that's coming up in basketball or otherwise to be kind and good human beings. Yeah, absolutely. And and not just for, I mean, for their sake and for, look, we could talk about this all day. I think you and I both deal with this in our daily lives, that the world can take everything away from you. It can, uh, your life can change radically in an instant. But if you know how to give and relate to the people and communities around you, that cannot be taken away and you will always have a place and a purpose and it's sad when you see people investing and it happens in all professions but in professional sports it's really easy for it to happen where people uh don't end up having a place and a purpose other than what they can produce for someone else's approval and applause and the clock on that always runs out quickly and the letdown from that is always huge. It's no, not much different than liking someone just for their money, right? Or just for their looks or whatever it is. So, I, yeah, again, I think there's a greater depth to this than you usually hear in these conversations. And uh, I appreciate what uh, Lillard has done with it. Yeah, that's one thing I feel like we can always expect from Damian Lillard is to look out for his community. And I think that that's part of why, as we've had the conversation over the last couple of years about Damian Lillard being in Portland and how valuable he truly is, it goes above and beyond just his ability as a basketball player and just his role on the Portland Trailblazers. He has really made an impact on the community of Portland. Uh, and, I, and I think that that's just, uh, you know, that's something that I will always appreciate about a player who comes into a franchise and leaves when he, when Damian Lillard leaves the franchise he will have left a mark on the city and I think that that's something that's very valuable absolutely and this is one of the ways in which he's really not replaceable I mean that 
it's not that that will never be duplicated, and it's not that, by the way, there have been a lot of trailblazers who have done this, but the combination of very high profile, incredibly talented, uh, and also this kind of outlook, it's not been rare in Portland. I mean, Bill Walton had some of that. Clyde Drexler had some of that, too. But Dame is literally the highest profile trailblazer that has ever been in terms of people watching him people who know him, who have heard from him, because of the era we're in right now. Um, and he has also made himself the highest profile advocate for character uh, and community that this franchise has overtly had. And that's going to be really hard to duplicate, that combination of talent and intentionality. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation that I'm not ready to have yet because we still have Dame for a while at least, but it's an interesting conversation of of the hole that it leaves when someone like Dame is done. You know, when his time in Portland is up, whether that's him retiring in Portland or moving on somewhere else, um, the the hole that that impact or that 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 his time there leaves and and it's it's obviously with great trade-off you know there's but there's just no way around that when you've had a franchise player like that um his absence then is deeply felt and i think that that will be true of dame when his time with the trailblazers is is up which is not now so yay for us (laughs) yeah absolutely Okay, a couple other just quick little things that are kind of going on. Um, We're talking on the website about Justice Winslow. Uh, Justice Winslow played just a few games last season um, when he was traded. He he played significantly for the Blazers. Uh, He wasn't playing as much before he came to the team, but when he started playing with with the Blazers, he was getting more playing time and, and... Um, There's a great article on the site right now talking about the impact that Justice Winslow will have or could have on the Trailblazers next season. And I think, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing that we're going to see because the team that we had this this last season was so dramatically different from the team that we are going to see uh, in this upcoming season because of, you know, Dame's surgery and and the injuries and everything that was going on um and so i think it's going to be interesting i think there's going to be a few sleepers like this with justice winslow that people have maybe forgotten about or aren't really talking about that are going to come in and, and have an impact on the team yeah i mean he scored almost a career high in points per minute he continued to rebound very strongly uh He's not a three-point shooter, obviously. We knew that. And his field goal percentage was not anything to write home about. It was about in the middle of his career, but he's a bad, you know, field goal percentage guy. So, I mean, I think it's possible because the Blazers need a power forward. I think it's possible because he's, you know, for a 25-year-old, he's actually got experience. And experience, by the way, on some very good teams in some good systems. So... I think that there's a possibility there, but I will say this, that first of all, he's not going to automatically be granted the 27 minutes he got, you know, per game in Portland. Uh, Granted, it was only 11 games, but he's going to have to work his way through less minutes or from fewer minutes. And it's very much up to Justice Winslow to prove it at this point. 
I mean, the Blazers are his fourth team. He does not have a contract beyond next year. He may only be on the team because his contract was reasonably priced this year. Had he been making three times as much, the Blazers may have already looked to have moved him. Uh, it's 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 not exactly sink or swim time because I think he can play in a lot of places. But as far as are we really going to have a career? Are you going to make a significant impact? What are you going to do in this league? This is his time. He'll never have a better time. I mean, fields open, power forward, you know, minutes are there to be uh, taken and the Blazers need depth. So, hey, let's see it. And when we see it, I think we should celebrate it. But Justice Winslow's M.O. is look really good for a month or two and then kind of fade. So hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Yeah, I have hope. I'm excited to watch him this year. He's he's one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I enjoyed his time last season, and I think seeing him next to some of these other guys that we didn't really get to see him with a lot is is going to be. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Mello Carmelo Anthony is a free agent. I mean, <laughs> I thought we were done with Mello. Oh my god! We'll never be done with Mello. I mean, I spent my whole first year with you talking about Carmelo Anthony. Oh my I gosh. I love Mello so much. Okay. He's one of my favorites. I we just couldn't love tell, Dia. I know. It's it's tough. Um, he's a free agent. I mean, he's not coming to Portland. We are... Uh, our, hey, power forward. Our you want power forward? There you go. You know, create that 15th slot and put Carmelo in it. Look, I would not be mad about it. I know okay? you would not be mad about it. Everyone else would be <laughs> mad about it. Um, he, yeah, so he's he's looking for a team. You know, it, it's, aside from everything else, the fact that he is looking to go into his 20th NBA season is an impressive feat. And uh, I will always be grateful for the fact that Portland got to be uh, a significant part of his career. And I think that... Um, you know, I, I hope he finds a spot. I hope he finds a team. I think he's, I think, I think there are plenty of teams that could use him. So hopefully he ends up on a roster. Well, and you do not get, as you identify, you do not get to 20 seasons. You can't just be good. Uh, you, you can't just be great. You've got to be really great and enduring, you know, that's by definition. And it's huge. I mean, and, and by the way, by comparison, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, you're going like, okay, this guy's, um, a lot of people going, this guy's washed. It's, you know, it's a, why, why even bother about him? We just talked about Justice Winslow, right? Um, Carmelo's per minute scoring average is far higher than Justice Winslow's. I mean, in his wash, in his year of who cares with the Lakers and just he's, he's of no account compared to what he used to be, still better than Justice Winslow. His field goal percentage light years better than Justice Winslow and his rebounding isn't that far off. So, I mean, perspective here. <laughs> Carmelo, uh, even in his 20th season, is, is not a terrible, terrible player. Uh, so, you know, I guess you might have some argument to say, hey, why not get him back? He might be better than some people the Blazers are banking on. I mean, I, I wouldn't make that argument, but you couldn't completely refute it. So should I start Should I start the, the petition now? Just shoot me now. Bring like, Mello home. 
Home, no, home, I bet home. I could get people on board. It's home now. What is it? Two seasons and he's home. It's always home when you're talking about the Trailblazers. Yeah, for Carmelo. Yeah, I bet he owns that. Oh man. No, he needs to go he needs to go to Brooklyn or, or back to the Knicks or something now. Or how about Denver? That would be funny. <laughs> Is that what we're going for now? Humor? Yeah, well, I mean, it would be, you know, a lot of players close the circle by going back where they started. But somehow I'm thinking the Nuggets probably aren't going to buy into that. But, I mean, who knows? They lost Will Barton, right? So now, you know, Carmelo. Just just do the people's champ thing. Look, I, I said that I would wear a Carmelo Anthony Lakers jersey. Uh, and go watch him play in a Lakers game here in Los Angeles. So that tells you just how much I hope to see. I will, I will root for him anyway. If I will root for him on the Lakers, I will root for him anywhere. Yeah. So I'm sure you will. I mean, that's it. But okay, we can, I mean, we haven't talked about the Lakers. Last time we talked about the Lakers was probably midseason. And I know we panned the Russell Westbrook acquisition when it happened. I mean, we were calling this early. I'm not think, I don't think we're alone in that. But. I mean, look at that roster. Again, perspective on names. And I'm not saying the Blazers don't need more depth or couldn't use some of these names. They could. But, I mean, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, we know, right? But they got Carmelo Anthony. They got Isaiah Thomas uh, on that team. Avery Bradley was not an insignificant name. You know, uh, uh, DJ Augustine, Dwight Howard, obviously. Uh, DeAndre Jordan played for them. Lots and lots and lots of names and absolutely no production, no chemistry, no chance. So, like, look, if, even if you're looking in Portland, just because a guy has a recognizable name doesn't necessarily mean he's the right guy. And I'm kind of glad that we're past the seasons, hopefully now, where we can all go, ooh, it's Carmelo, because maybe, no, no, okay. We don't want that kind of maybe anymore just because someone has a fancy jersey. We want the kind of maybe like, okay, this guy has definable skills, fits a certain role here that the Blazers very much need filled, and maybe, maybe this is a brilliant move as opposed to a flashy move. Yeah, the Lakers are the Lakers are something right now. Uh, there's a reason we haven't talked about them since the middle of you know the end of last season. I uh, Wait, what's what amazes me is they think they can trade for something without moving Anthony Davis. I, how do you? I, what do you? On what planet do you live where you think people are going to go? Ooh, Russell Westbrook because he wore your jersey, he must be good. Like what? I I just. That's just unfathomable. Look, I think Russell Westbrook needs to go, like we were just talking about with Melo, I think Russell Westbrook needs to go back to OKC. I think they love him there. I think he would be well-received there. I think they could take him on there, and and I think that would be a great way to go out of his career, go, finish up in, in the place that you were loved and adored, um, go out on a good note, Uh, I would love to see that happen for him. I don't know if it will, but that's, I just keep coming back to that. I think for Russell Westbrook and, and, you know, all of this drama, uh, have him, you know, if I, if I'm him, I'm, I'm trying to go back to Oklahoma and finish out my season or my career there. Uh, that's what I've been saying for, I've been saying that since last season. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. There's, there's some big names right now that are up 
for grabs, I guess, without, for lack of a better term, you know, there, there are some big names that we don't know whose uniform they're going to be wearing when the season starts. Uh, so there's a lot to still be seen before October. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's funny to me this season is that normally that's like anticipation, but this year, like their names, like Westbrook and Kyrie Irving, whatever, you know, that you're going, oh gosh, how are they going to fumigate? You know, how are they going to like, you know, get these guys uh, translated into value or are they going to be stuck with them? And that seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah. So like, wow. Yeah. It's like they're buying high and then when it's time to move them, they can't. It's it's hard because people can't take on those contracts or they don't end up being, you know, as as useful as they assumed they would and so now they've got this big contract and it's hard to take that on from another team but you also have all that money tied up in a player that isn't serving you and it's a tricky situation so there there's a few names right now that that are gonna have to be moved that it's gonna be We'll see. We'll see where they end up. And don't miss that the Blazers didn't do that. I mean, other than, uh, okay, the the scuttlebutt is that the Blazers overpaid a bit for their own free agents, which they did. But we're talking a few million dollars. We're not talking about a whole nother order of contract. Um, but they did, they've not made that, okay, I'm going to buy someone at the height of their value. Jeremy Grant will be the next test. And it'll be interesting to see how he fits and what they do, because it's completely possible that they would overpay him, too. And then you start getting nervous because you're going, Nurkic on a little too high of a contract, Simon's on a little too high of a contract if he doesn't pan out, and then Jeremy Grant on maybe way too high of a contract. Now, okay, now now you're in that kind of situation. But as of right now, when we are speaking, the Blazers actually have reasonable contracts and tradable contracts for just about everybody on the roster. And that is not their norm i mean that is that has not been true the last few years so it's subtle thing give give joe cronin a little bit of credit and let's see how this turns out with that yeah it feels awfully good to be the rational team (laughs) exactly (laughs) or at least yeah the team that did something and be right the rationality has been rational has been we didn't make any moves and then irrational has been like that's not rational Well, I mean, that's been the definition of rational. Hey, we're standing pat. That's the rational thing to do. Well, only because you literally cannot get a better value then. Otherwise, it's not the rational thing to do. We we made some rational moves. I don't, that's different than saying if we we think they're going to work or whatever, but they make a lot of sense and they're reasonably priced, give or take Jeremy Grant. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, uh, fair. And uh, I don't know about you, but right now at this time, it feels a lot better being a Blazers fan than it did at this time last summer. Yeah, we're sitting pretty. I mean, this may not be a championship team yet, but it feels like we're making moves like maybe we want to be one. Uh, and I don't feel like it's been that way in the past. I don't feel like in the in the recent history, it has felt like moves were being made to try to be a championship team. So at least I feel like we are going in the right direction, albeit maybe not as fast as some of us would prefer. We're getting there. Slow and steady wins the race. That's the saying, right? Well, maybe. So, but the other thing that I would suggest is that there are off-ramps that make sense. And this is the problem, like the with the traditional roster and old management. If you didn't hit the highway, you'd hit a wall. 
right? And you, you it just didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, like, okay, if it doesn't work out, there are off ramps. Grant can still be traded. Uh, Anthony Simons is still young. I don't know what you do about Nurkic, but you know, Damian Lillard obviously still has value. We won't say that we want that to happen, but it's not like you couldn't move him. There's nobody on the roster you're stuck with that that costs a ton of money. Okay, so that that's good. You can see exits from here and options, and that's really what you want. If you don't have a clear path to a championship, you take the widest highway possible and leave yourself out. Yeah, it it, it it's movement, and it's movement in the right direction. And I I wouldn't say that the process of winning a championship is always lateral. I think it, I think sometimes there's there's side moves and there's up and down and there's over and there's right and left and, you know, twisty turns and U-turns and all kinds of things. But at least it feels like, it feels like there's been a mentality shift. It feels like, I mean, there's obviously been a leadership shift. Um, there have been roster changes. It just seems like for the first time in a while, this team is a team that we really need to watch. Uh, and I mean, I know, I know that coming from me, nobody's going to take that seriously because I say every year, this is it. This is the year. This is the year we're going to win it all. We're so great. This is such a fun team. Yay. 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 I know. I get it. I know that that's me. I know who I, I'm very comfortable with that, but I also can look at this from, from an outside perspective and say, from an outside perspective that has nothing to do with how excited I am about this player or that, or who I like because they're a good human being. The Blazers are in a place that feels a lot more encouraging than it has, like you said, at this time last year, or maybe even the previous year. It feels like we're in a spot where Jane, something's going to happen. Yeah. And We'll see. I mean, yeah, something is going to happen. We just don't know what it is, but it's not one thing or... Look, here, here's the, here is the old choice. Stagnation or disaster if there wasn't a, a championship. And those are like three states of being. The championship wasn't gettable, uh, evidently. Uh, so, great. We stagnate or it's terrible. <sighs> okay. How about movement toward it, it, m- more more options and there we go yep yep all right, you're all gonna want to watch this season i want to watch this season i am ready oh i I'm think we all will basketball. i mean and even again Before even if it's up. a disaster there's productive conversations to be had now right as I like, yeah. and and we should say, you know, there were productive conversations to be had before, but you were always like three moves away from getting to that point. The Blazers made those moves, so yeah. I mean, now it's yeah. like they're more on the brink of being able to say, okay, if the changes are needed, we can see agile ways to make changes without absolutely having to control, delete everything. Right. And by the way, suffering financially and having to dump draft picks and all this stuff. Right. So, hey, you know, well done. Yeah. Uh, That's it. That's all I got. We've got, I mean, it's, we've had a solid conversation with the few things that are going on. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty good. Exactly. And uh, you know what? We made it through the first week in August. There are only, what, three more left? until it is perhaps uh, September 
And then uh, after September comes October and the beginning of the season. So we're eight or nine podcasts away. We'll hit 100 right about the beginning of the season. Why you, you sound like my children waiting for Christmas. I know. How many it's wake like, ups? It's how many it's wake August. ups to the we start only of the have, season? It's almost. It's basically Halloween, and then it's Christmas. That's how my children are right now. So you you sound like them with with the NBA. <laughs> that well, I mean, yes, that would be accurate. It's you know Portland fan Christmas when <laughs> yeah. when the season starts and first playoffs game. That's always Christmas yep. because unlike Lakers fans, Lakers fans are going, ah, why do you want the first presents of present of Christmas? You want the last one. It's like, shut up. We'll take the stocking. We can, we take what we can get. Anyway, for Santa and Dia, uh, I'm Dave Deckard. Uh, we will see you again next week. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. The crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent.